Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and gamers. How are we all tonight? Welcome to the 12th episode of Stasis Chat. Yes, I know, 12 episodes. Um, so, to start off tonight, we have Sentinel 17. As hey. We have a friendly pest, with his PR knowledge. Howdy. We have BMG. Good evening, all. And we have the one and only and host. Stay it with me. Luke Steel. Luke Steel. Luke Steel. It's like an echo. That one. <laughs> all followed on. We didn't oh practice. yeah, thanks. We didn't practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Welcome to Stasis Chat. Welcome to this side of. Uh, well, this side of the internet. <laughs> Mm, How the, are you the this destiny. week? Uh, I'm okay. Yeah, not well. Uh, I've got COVID at the moment, so I'm not. Uh, I can't say I'm a hundred percent, but uh, the today's been a lot better, which is nice. Um, mm. So I'm I'm well enough to participate, uh, which is good. Um, good. And uh, yeah, looking forward to just having a chat. That is such a nice microphone you have. I think really nice. Yeah. <laughs> It picks up all the all the horrible virus in my throat. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, so what have we all been playing this week? Past? I didn't expect you to start with me. Hang on a second. Brain brain not working. Uh, it's a brain. VR game. Yeah, I played I played some <laughs> VR stuff. Uh, I'm trying to think if I tried anything new. Um, and I, I don't think I did, but I did spend some time with a, it's a VR MMO called Zenith. And every time I play that game, I'm impressed more and more. I think, I think I'm going to spend more time with that. Uh, yeah, great game. Lots of excellent mechanics. Everything feels good. Story seems like it's okay. It looks nice. Yeah, I'm really enjoying that one. So that's what I played this week. Hmm. Um, I've been playing through the uh, luxury DLC for it's the luxury DLC for House Flipper, and um, you know the base game is available through Game Pass. But I bought it way back when it first came out, and pretty much every DLC that came out, I was buying it. Um, I'm still waiting on the HGTV DLC to eventually make it to console gamers. They have all they have all types of stuff for PC gamers, of course, but um, it takes time for it to trickle down to console gamers. So. Um, Really enjoying the luxury DLC. There's just so much to it. Um, you know, it's like if you if you enjoy that type of game um, where you're renovating houses and stuff, House Flipper and its DLCs are definitely worth picking up. Luke? Uh, I've been playing a few different things. So um, <clears throat> uh, I've been playing uh, Kirby on the Switch, of all things. Uh, the Forgotten Lands, which is actually a really, really great game. Uh, I've nearly finished that now uh, because I just wanted something to kind of um, pick up and just kind of enjoy and not have to, you know, concentrate too heavily on. It's not a particularly difficult game or anything like that, so that, that was quite nice. Um, so I've been playing some of that. Um, I've nearly finally, years later, finished Cyberpunk now, uh, so I'm on the, the last mission. Um, which kind of came abruptly from my playthrough, um, which was a bit weird, but there we go. Um, I've been playing a bit of uh, A Plague's Tale Requiem, 
uh, because that was on the backlog as well. So I'm trying to get through that. Uh, and uh, I've been replaying The Last of Us Part 2 as well, which is partly motivated by the show. Um, I'd already played Part 1 recently, so I, I didn't want to didn't want to replay that again so soon. But um, so yeah, quite a few different things, and I'm I'm really looking forward to Friday because that's when uh, that's when the Dead Space remake comes out. So we'll be picking that up. And Marvel stat, I'm guessing, BMG. <laughs> yes, you guessed it. Uh, playing a lot more Marvel Snap. Been playing it for most of today, actually, because uh, it's the handy mobile game, game of the year um, mobile game. It's the best mobile game on the planet, and I highly recommend everyone playing it. It just keeps getting better and better. Uh, jumped into a bit more of WWE 2K22, just having a few matches, having a bit of a laugh. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 um, recently re-downloaded that because it's one of them games you can kind of just pick up, play have all out warfare and then drop again you know, you don't have to kind of think too much about it, just defend suppress and uh, and move on Uh, what else I jumped into Battlefield 2042, been playing a a bit of that and I recently discovered that I'm a very good sniper I think I've said on a previous show, as long as they don't move, I'm, uh, I'm quite good. Quite good at that. Um, I've also been playing a bit of Jurassic World Evolution 2. That's the um, park sim. Um, for, for whatever reason, I've had the urge to, to jump back into that. And really good game, optimised for the Series S and X. So that's been a bit of fun. Um <clears throat> And I try. I jumped back into last night just to give it a try. Um, Star Trek Online. I've, you know, I, I remember playing it originally when it came out for the PC. Uh, it was mm. god awful, it, but um, yeah, it plays really nice. They've completely changed the content, how it starts, how it plays. So I'm enjoying a bit of that. Uh, and I've also been playing uh, Redacted that I can't talk about. Hmm. Uh, Pest, did I just hear BMG admit he was playing on a PC? No, 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 there's a console version of that game. I, I played console. the PC version at launch, and I always kind of liked that game. I think it's the stories in it are fairly good. Like, some of the execution wasn't there, but it definitely improved with time. I think that's a pretty good game. Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot in there. Uh, yeah, no, I played it on PC originally when it came out, like, nine years ago, ten years ago, something like that. I know, it was um, a long time ago. It was a mess yeah. when it launched. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back when my PC could actually run it. Now, you know, my PC barely runs, but he Microsoft Excel more than anything else. Um, but, yeah, yeah, well, than that, all all good. <clears throat> Me? I've uh, been playing Call of Duty Zombies at the start of last week. Um, and... To be honest, uh, I've actually picked up Bully for the first time in years. Wow, that's going back. That is an yeah. old game. That's a throwback, yeah. Uh, classic game. Um, How does it years. play? Um, well, I got the remastered version on Xbox One. I didn't realise um, they remastered it. Well, they brought it up more than anything. But it plays really well, actually. Um, 
still obviously a bit janky in places, but it's still the game I remember and enjoyed. But yeah, that's what I've been playing this. So what what Call of Duty Zombies are you playing? Is that in the new one? I'm playing Call of Duty Cold War, which is 2020's game. Ah, right, okay. Okay, what are they up to now? What's the one that's out now? Vanguard. Oh, yeah, Vanguard. Vanguard. Vanguard's the new one. Pretty sure it's the new one off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, fair enough, fair enough. I want to start by saying uh, thank you to UK Desirous for joining us um, tonight. Uh, got it after such an amazing and eye-opening podcast on Friday night. Uh, yeah, thank you for joining us tonight. <laughs> uh, so I want to start with the VR PlayStation VR two launch lineup. PMG. You've already got one. I, no, I've not got one. I've not got one. I've not, I had to. I did pre-order the PlayStation VR two, but with finance reasons, I've had to drop it. Um, Luke, though, Luke, Luke's uh, got one coming. Hopefully, launch day or a day or two after. Um, looking at the lineup though, and what they're actually offering, because it's they've kind of said it's the launch window, haven't they? They haven't really. It's it's the Gary. These games are going to come out by I think March. That's kind of the launch window they're going through. Um, mm. But a lot of these games are already on other VR headsets, like your Star Wars, your Moss, um, your Jurassic World, your Creed, your Cities VR. Um, you know things like that. Looking actually at the lineup. Don't think it's that brilliant, if I'm honest. Um, there's nothing there, I would say, that really would jump out to me. You know, if you're a racer fan, Gran Turismo Seven, that's that's going to be good. Um, Horizon, Call to the Mountain. I don't think that's not launch day. That's in the launch window. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. so that's probably going to be quite a decent one. Um, the update for No Man's Sky. Um, I did play No Man's Sky VR on the PlayStation VR 1, and it was brilliant, absolutely amazing. Um, don't get me wrong, graphics weren't brilliant, but PSVR wasn't really pushing graphic-wise, And but it was an amazing experience being in your ship, looking around your cockpit, and then going from planet to space and vice versa. Um so with the power of the PlayStation 5 and the VR 2, I can imagine that's going to be a really, really good game, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, you know, Tetris Effect and that, again, it, it's already out. Um, Resident Evil Village VR, if you've got the game, you get the, I think, not 100%, but I'm pretty sure you get the VR version for free as a patch. Um but I can't be 100% on that. But other than that, to be honest, it's quite a lackluster um, lineup. I, I was all hoping, you know, to try and, you know, learn from what they did last time and maybe just have some big swinging out the gate, but it doesn't look like it's going to be this time round, if I'm honest. Hmm. Luke? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's, I think. Just to add, I think Horizon 
Call of the Mountain is is launch day because um, I oh, think right. that's bundled with some of the VR packages that you can get. Uh, um, so so that's that's kind of the the big hitter really from a VR perspective from a game perspective uh, for launch, um, <clears throat> which you know looks looks really great. Um, and obviously it's it's pretty uh, you know triple A as far as uh, VR goes. I think in terms of you know, visuals and, and scale and stuff like that. Um, I don't know how big the experience will be, um, but it looks it looks really cool. Um, so that's the thing I think the majority of people will play. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the, the other stuff is, is kind of, you know, either VR bolt-ons to existing non-VR games, um, like, uh, like the GT7 stuff, which actually really interests me because I haven't picked up GT7 yet so I think that's something that I will pick up once VR hits because then I can experience it from from that perspective uh, which would be cool um, and yeah the, the other stuff is uh, there's some really interesting titles there but but there's nothing that's sort of you know um, unbelievable in terms of day one or launch window mm. uh, Sentinel I think so far um, the VR, the lineup for PSVR two, all the games, um, you know, it does look like they're. It looks pretty impressive. It looks like they're trying to cover um, as 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 many major genres as they can. You know, racing, sports, um, you know, shooting, different stuff like that. And um, I mean, for people that are just because a lot of people may not remember how PSVR's lineup wasn't anywhere near as substantial as this not really like solid games and um it seems like they're putting a lot more effort into it seems like they're putting a lot more effort into getting this lineup you know with a very solid foundation from the start because they really want people to invest in psvr2 they don't want it to be to be niche uh like it used to be um where only a small fraction of the PlayStation gamers picked it up. They want um, a good portion of PlayStation gamers who own a PS5 to try out PSVR 2 to adopt it because if you have a lot of people adopting it, um, it's going to basically entice other developers to bring their games to the PSVR 2 and it's going to allow those that have already made games to consider sequels. Hmm. Do I let him lose? What's that? So tag me in. Tag me in. <laughs> ah, yeah. No, Friendly pest. Okay. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna step out of character and disagree with every single person on the cast, except Sentinel. Uh, BMG's just wrong, uh, which is actually true to form. I looked up the <laughs> PlayStation 4. Wow. The, Play, the PlayStation 4 launch lineup consisted of like 18 games, and I don't know if any of them were any, anywhere near the caliber of some of them on this list. Uh, just looking through. Wait, I, I did that wrong. I'm gonna start over. I'm gonna start over. BMG's wrong, uh, and PlayStation 4 <laughs> launched with like 26 games, right? But most wow. of them were terrible. Most of them were filler titles. Just glancing through this picture, I'm seeing at least 18 of these that I would bet money will be hits, uh, and maybe they're already hits, and maybe they're not out yet. But I think it's a, a pretty stellar lineup for a, a new piece of hardware coming to market. Mm. But. The majority of them are already out on other headsets. This so is that be, really going to sell? This will be the definitive edition of some of these, uh, especially because 
the eye tracking features that are not available on other headsets that are going to be coaxed mm-hmm. for the software on the PS5. It, it's, it's, I mean, there are some really high-end PC headsets and high-end PCs that you could argue would have a comparable experience, but I, I think this is going to come in strong and be very performant as well. Yeah. But do we, do we think they're going to sell a million units in the first year? Because that's kind of what their target is, isn't it? A million units. I think so. Yeah. I think so. And I, I think I heard that there's something like 100 titles coming down the pipe uh, for PSVR 2 outside of these 30 for launch window. So I'm optimistic. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think a million units is, I don't think that's super ambitious in a year. I mean, I know it's an expensive, <clears throat> an expensive peripheral to an existing console, but you know, it's um, tw- you know, twelve months tracking for a million units. I think is is very doable, particularly if they get you know some of the bigger Sony VR games, like obviously Horizon. They'll have others as well, um, and also you know, it, it it's one of those products that I think some people will look at that maybe do have PCs to you know, potentially run VR spec, but actually look at the feature set of the, you know, PSVR 2 and then, you know, the price, which is pretty good, relatively speaking, for what you get, um, and kind of plump for that as well. So um, one of the ones I did like the look of, actually, just thinking about it was the, and I think this is already out, um, but um, I'd only recently seen it, was the, the Dark Pictures Switchback VR, which I think is the one that has the... Um, has the enemies that only move if you blink. Uh, That's terrifying. Which, yeah, which is both terrifying and, and super <laughs> cool. So, um, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to that, although I quite how much I'll be able to, like, stomach <laughs> is, is another thing. But um, And, yeah, there were some others as well. I think, the again, another one, but re- really cool, uh, the, the Kayak one, Kayak VR Mirage. That looked really really nice like a really different experience and it's not like it's you know a big blockbuster game or anything but i think those kind of experiences can really are really good you know just to have um so uh yeah i, I don't think it's like a, a bad lineup or anything like that but um obviously it's, they're, they're not trying you know they're i think it's friendly press says that they're trying to get in a lot of games that this will be the best way to play that particular VR game, even if it's already out on other VR platforms. Um, so, you know, when you combine that with with Horizon, I think it's a pretty good lineup. Um, I mean, just just glancing at it, yeah, there's some there's some really high quality games on here, uh, outside of the exclusives, even. You know. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but I think I think probably long term, the thing that will help them sell units will be whatever Sony produces, you know, kind of platform exclusive titles, um, that will help. Uh, and that's where we don't know what they're doing at the moment. I mean, they're clearly more invested in supporting, you know, making high quality titles for it. Um, but we don't know which developers are working on them and what they look like and that sort of stuff. So, and also they need to bring, they need to do something with Valve to get Half-Life Alex on there because I really want to play that. So, I thought that would have been a launch game with it, you know, where, with everything it's on now. You would have thought that would have been on that list, ready to go. Yeah, but it's 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 Valve, so you know, 
It depends mm. on. I mean, we've been waiting for Half Life Three for twenty years. Yeah, it's it's difficult because you know Valve, are, Valve kind of beats to their own drum, you know, and like I think probably I, I I can only I can only assume that Sony are really interested in bringing it to the platform because I think it's such a you know first of all such a big IP, but also a, a you know by all accounts an, an incredible game, uh, even outside of the VR elements of it. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe they have struck a deal to bring that game to PSVR too, but who knows when that'll be. I'd hope maybe within a year of them announcing it, but they've got to announce it first, right? So, um, yeah, I, I just really want it because I was, I was very, very close to picking up a, a, a Valve Index for, for that game. So you've, you've not played Half-Life Alex. I have not. No, sadly. Okay. No, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I uh, I think it might be a little overhyped. Uh, I played all the way through. It's a good game. There's no question. There's yeah. a lot of detail. There's a lot of that Valve quality in there. They've just got so much money that nobody can make them do anything they don't want to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and, it's, uh, it's whether Gabe Gabe wants to do it. Really, is is the question. Well, um, and rumor is that they're putting out their own standalone headset, which they've not officially announced yet. But there's a uh, a lot of people think that Steam Deck is kind of step one into that eventual headset, and you'd think they'd want to save Alex for that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Head it here first, guys. <laughs> so, Pest, we're on that list uh, that I've got in, that we've got in front of us. Sure. Um, which ones have you played, and which ones would you suggest? Okay, let's see. I've I've got the graphic. It's hard to see. I've played After the Fall, which I like a lot. I think uh, kind of a Left 4 Dead game, but everything's frozen. That's a really good game, uh, and it does a good job offering uh, more simulation aspects like manual reload or an arcade reload where you just kind of smack the gun against your chest. Fun level design. Uh, that's a great game. That's going to play amazing on PSVR 2, in my opinion. Uh, Cities VR, believe it or not, that type of game where you got an isometric view, you're over a city or or like Demio over the board game and be able to look down and manipulate things. That's very satisfying in VR. Those are both going to be hits. I just mm. installed Creed yesterday, but I haven't played it yet. But I have played Thrill of the Flight, Thrill of the Fight, which is another boxing game, and I enjoy that a lot. Uh, I have not played Gran Turismo 7, but my Wednesday video will feature Automobilista 2, which is a racing game I use in VR with my racing wheel, and I think that is the absolute best way to play a racing game. Uh, I have played the Kayak Mirage game, which is an interesting, soothing experience. Uh, I did enjoy. Um, I don't know what kind of staying power something like that has. I think that's kind of like Flight Simulator. It's going to have a niche audience, right? Yeah. Um, so, but it is really cool, and it's pretty good exercise. So it might it might find an audience. Uh, Last Clockwinder, I've played that. That's a pretty good a heartfelt puzzle game, really neat puzzles. I think that one will take off. I've played Moss 1, which is a good little platformer. Moss 2 I haven't played. Uh, no Man's Sky I've played. That's pretty good also, but I expect the PSVR 2 version is going to be much better than the experience I had uh, on PC because it's very mm -hmm. difficult to run, not very well optimized, and some of the VR elements felt like they were kind of shoehorned on. So I expect that will be improved. Pavlov's great. Pistol Whip is awesome. Um, not played Resident Evil. Song and the Smoke wasn't crazy about. Uh, Tetris Effect is awesome in VR. And then the uh, Walking Dead Saints and Sinner. 
I think that's a top three VR game in Zenith is that MMO I mentioned earlier. Really great. Have you played, um, have you played Thumper in VR? I have not. Because I, I've played that non-VR and that's a pretty intense experience, even, even non-VR. So I, I imagine it's quite, you know, sensory overload. Uh, is that, that's a, a music rhythm game? Yeah, it's a bit like, uh, I mean, I guess it's closest to something like Res. Um, but it's far more, I think, far more psychedelic than even Res Res is. It's also much more intense in terms of you know the speed of travel of things. No, I've not tried that. I, I miss Demio. Demio's on there. That's a great game, especially co-op. That's a it's a imagine a tabletop adventure board mm. game and you roll dice and use cards. That's great. People are going to love that. Yeah, mm. yeah, but I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll pick up a. Um, I'll be picking up a few. Uh, when it launches, um, in addition to Horizon, so I'm I'm looking forward to. I, I mean, pretty much for all of these, you know, I've not I've not experienced them in VR ever. Um, some some I've experienced non VR, like Tetris or Thumper. Um, but and I think compare that to like the PlayStation Four launch. Uh, you had Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which was good. Battlefield Four, Call of Duty Ghosts, um, Killzone, Shadowfall, Knack. NBA, Madden, Reshogun, people liked that. Uh, Warframe, pretty weak launch lineup in comparison to the PSVR 2, in my opinion. Mm. I mean, it's fucking good, just the PSVR 2. Um, I mean, it looks good on all fronts. I mean, the hands-on experience is that it's a leap forward in comfort. Immersive VR and a huge improvement over its predecessor. So, you know, it, it's looking good. Um, it's, definitely, managed- it's definitely an improvement. Because um, with the PSVR one, it was very comfortable. That's one thing the headset was, it was comfortable. Um, but I think a lot of people, myself included, um, you know, did cause a lot of like, eye strain and headaches because all it takes is you because it was done by you had to have the camera you had to buy everything separate you didn't it's not a complete package as it is now in the psvr2 you're getting the headset and the dual sense controllers in the mm. psvr1 all you got was the headset you had to buy the um ones because they brought the ones out for the playstation 3 with the little um light balls on top um, and then you had to buy the camera separate. And all it took was you to like turn a bit too far or look up or down too far, and it just lost you and it kind of disorientated you with the screen. Um, but by the looks of what this one is including, um, uh, what is it you say? You get uh, it's 4K OLD HDR display with 110 degrees um, surround. So that's. Uh, and it's lighter how they've actually made it lighter is, um you know it's crazy because obviously they've got the inside out tracking and things like that and cameras on the outside what have you and so but yeah looking at some of the impressions of it and some of the people that have got hands on with it um i think it was mid last month was it december they first got the hands on i think it was um but yeah yeah no look it looks good i want one i just it's just a matter of cost to be honest and 
if you've already got the PlayStation 5, it's going to cost you half the price it is than having to get a console as well. Otherwise, you're spending, you know, just over a grand to get it all, really, to be able to play it. Uh, Luke, anything to add to that? No, no, uh, I, huh? I agree. I think, um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a pretty good, pretty good lineup. I'm looking forward to getting one. Um, I'm sure it will be, you know, every impression that I've read is, is uh, you know, says how massive a leap it is over the, over PSVR. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to, to getting it and thank God it'll just be a single USB-C cable because the, the biggest pain of, of the first one was the, the pass-through box and the various cables. It was just a bit of a nightmare to not only set up, but then to kind of cable tidy that was just hell. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Mm. Oh, and the DualSense features as well, because as, as they've yeah. announced, you've got the DualSense features in the controllers as well as the headset. Head, so that'll yeah. be... It could vibrate your face. Oh, yeah. VR porn mm. on a whole new level. <laughs> mm. Unless you stop somewhere, it's uh, on Windows 95. <laughs> Oh, it is, it is so, exciting. They're adding a lot of features. Uh, I mean, the eye tracking, the OLED display. I'm really interested to see how that works out because I think it's... I mean, the Quest 1 had an OLED display and they had to move away from that because the challenge of pixel density, etc., try to get away from that screen door effect. So they're kind of pushing the envelope in a lot of ways. I, I don't know. I think it's pretty exciting. Hmm. Is that um, you know, I think it's uh, definitely a step in the right direction. Am I sold on it? No, but I'm not a big VR guy either. Um, but it's gonna it's it's gonna get to the point where they're gonna have such an impressive lineup. Um, it's gonna be hard not to check it out. Well, see, I've been I've been predicting for like a year that this year VR becomes the new goalpost location in the console war, right? And I think if that yeah. happens and it becomes the water cooler talk and the, we'll see if the media gets behind it because they're kind of older gamers like us. And I think older gamers shy away from the VR a little bit more. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But if, if it becomes the water cooler talk, everybody's going to be excited about it. It'll be hard to resist. I think it'll take off. I think that yeah, you, it's a pretty easy number. You know, I think, um, you know, we look at a lot of aspects of gaming right now, and a lot of it's stagnating. A lot of these, um, like, AAA developers are stupid with how, they, how they're how they trying to push live service rather than single player. So people are looking for something new um, that's not basically putting a hand in their goddamn wallet. And I think PSVR 2 is going to be that. You know, it's going to give them new and exciting experiences that aren't, you know, basically, it's not going to be taking tons of cash from them like these live service games or games as a service or any of that other crap that these developers or these these huge publishers are doing right now. And then they're like, why is our game failing? Well, mm. while they figure that out, I think PSVR 2 is going to afford people an opportunity to enjoy gaming, um, something different that's going to kind of re-inject some of the fun that we, that used to be so common, but it's it's very sparse nowadays. I think PSVR two could be that um, that I guess burst of excitement that a lot of gaming just doesn't have anymore. I agree completely. 
think we're at that stage now where um, regular gaming is just becoming what's the word I'm looking for? We're tired of it, bro. We're tired of it. Yeah, mundane. I mean, yeah, that's the word. Mundane. Um, See, if you play. If you play the PlayStation 5, there is no limits. Except when it comes to Forspoken, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) We've applied for um, a review code of that, and I think I'm starting to regret it. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. I think it's a good game to misunderstood. You guys are mean. But they're not giving it out. This is the thing, because they're being very tight with who they're giving review codes to. They seem to be aiming at smaller YouTubers and only a couple of major outlets. Like um, VGC, they've been refused and they normally get everything. So, you know, it's, it's quite a surprise that they've been refused. Um, obviously, the likes of IGN have got it. So, But they have said, and on the actual one applying for review code, they've said they're not giving them out until launch day. Which is a bit, a bit strange, but... Uh. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people are complaining about Forspoken having cringy dialogue. An easy workaround, obviously, is to pick a language that you don't speak. Put the spoken, <laughs> langu- put the spoken language into that language and don't turn on the subtitles and you'll be fine. Uh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Not a clue what's going on and just smile. It's amazing in Japanese. Yep. Ah. <laughs> Is it fun? Is it a fun game? Like, I, I saw the clip that everybody's on about, right? I don't have a PlayStation, so I'm pretty indifferent. I don't care. But is the gameplay any good? Or, I mean, like, what's. It depends I, on who you ask. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I watched the review, IGN's review today. It's like a nine minute review. Um, I think the biggest complaint is that it's, like, very barren. Um, it's split up into, like, four areas. Like, and it's, like, Apart from putting a color filter on each area, they're pretty much the same, pretty much mm. empty. All the side quests are literally repetitive. I think they showed one side quest where you've got to chase a cat home, you know, things like that. It's like, I don't, mm, don't want to hear, I don't want to hear me. any of that. People, people complaining about stupid side quests buying GTA 12 times, okay? Um, they, they are the some, best I got missions they ever. do not. They do not. But I got something inside me that, like, when people are dogpiling a game, I kind of want to try it and, and see if it's really that bad because I have I have seriously enjoyed quite a few games that everyone else hated. Like, I like Watch Dogs One. I like Crackdown Three. I love the Dead Rising yeah. games. So I would I would say wait seventy two hours after release. You'll probably get it for fifty percent off. Yeah. Well, hopefully, it comes with a PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> at, th- at this point, they're going to have to be giving them away. Mm. Yeah, the parkour though these the, the you know any everything I've seen the parkour is amazing and it's it's really you yeah. can tell they put a lot into it and it looks good. I mean, you this the greatest the greatest comparison I heard was someone said Infamous did all of this but better, but you know it's like Sucker Punch doesn't make Infamous anymore. So when you're thirsty for Infamous, you play Forspoken, I guess. <laughs> you know, there you go. That's what that's well, what it sounds is. Okay. Sounds okay. I, I, I played the demo, and um, the demo is kind of not good. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's not good for for different reasons for different people. Um, but in terms of like 
parkour, you know, world traversal and, and combat, I actually found it was pretty enjoyable. Um, the problem with the demo was that it just gave you this kind of big space with kind of mundane objectives and, and yeah. really no no explanation of how to do most things and just said, off you go. I think I read some reviews that said, well, you know, it's it's kind of corrected in the game because it, it opens up abilities to you in a, in a natural way, you know, so that you understand stuff before you go on to the next ability. Um, <clears throat> and some of the some of the reviews were, were pretty positive in terms of, you know, the, the how the game plays and that it's fun. Yeah. Um, but it, the, the theme that I found with a lot of them was that it only gets like really, really enjoyable quite close to the end of the game. Yeah. In terms of the main story, so um, when you've unlocked kind of everything you can unlock, which which is a bit a bit disappointing, I guess. Uh, but you know, it's it, I didn't expect it to score particularly well. Um, but I mean, as people have said, it, you know, you can't just take these scores and think that um, that that's what the game is because you may love it. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, Death Stranding scored, you know what mid 70s something like that um yeah. i think it's one of the best games ever made no, um, I, I i i so, get that that's that's um, that's a good point high on life you know scored um i think similar to full spoken maybe maybe high 60s yeah um but that's again for me really enjoyable game so um i guess the difference the only difference i guess with, with something like high on life is that you don't need to pay you know 70 pounds 70 dollars yeah. High on life if you've got Game Pass, which is you know the the, the big difference with Forspoken is is the price outlay for people. So um, yeah. it's not one that I'll pick up uh, yet, but I, I probably will pick it up down the line. Yeah, I mean that's how I feel about Days Gone. You know, a lot of people crap on it, yeah. but I I got the platinum for the it. game. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, so yeah. Okay, so going to the other side, of, uh, well, the other main side of gaming, and sorry, past my PC guy side, Xbox Game Studios, uh, Obsidian Entertainment. Uh, they've said our plate is full with avowed, grounded, and outer worlds, too. I don't know when we're going to start talking about new games, maybe towards the end of this year. But he would love to make another fallout before he retires. I mean, how old is he? Like 21, 22 or some shit? It's going to be a while today. Because, you know? I mean, how long does it make? How long is it going to take to make a fallout game? Six years, eight years? I mean, if he's not retiring for 30 years, he might be in luck. Otherwise, I don't think he's going to make it. Um, looking at this, he was part of the original team. I I think he might be in a nursing home before uh, the next Fallout comes out. Mm. <laughs> so negative, bro. So negative. I'm just saying, unless unless he like retires when he's 95, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Mm. I don't know because Obsidian made Fall Fallout uh, New, New Vegas. Vegas, which is I think is seen by most people as the best Fallout game. Um, you know, they could do some. Uh, they don't have to do it as big as the mainline fallouts they could do some a bit smaller same as new vegas um, yeah and do something like that because they, they they've got the team to do it they've got the expertise to do it they've proven they can do it they've proven they can do it better than the main fallout series so um now 
they're owned by Xbox, Bethesda's owned by well, my Xbox, Microsoft. Um, so it's kind of really Uncle Phil's um, overall decision to say, yeah, we're going to green light you to go ahead and do something, pitch us something good and see where we go from there. Perfect solution right here. All those people that just got laid off by Microsoft, hire them back and put them on Obsidian and say start making that game right now. No, 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 no. Leave Obsidian. <laughs> Let them do their thing. I mean, Obsidian can get bigger, provided you have good management. Mm. Yeah, they're quite a good studio, though, aren't they, Obsidian? You know, uh, Outer Worlds was like a bit of a smaller title. Yeah. Uh, You know, they they made making that while when they were acquired, so it went a title across all platforms. They're working on number two, which I'm assuming it will be because it's going to be an Xbox exclusive. It's not going to be anywhere else apart from PC. Um, Avowed. Well, I mean, with that, haven't they? It it will be on YouTube for the PlayStation gamers out there, so you'll be you will be able to uh, watch other people enjoying it. I'm just saying. Wow. It's a good job I have It's as good it's a good job I have both consoles, isn't it? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, I, I would argue that Obsidian was the best acquisition that Xbox has, has accomplished. I think I think that's a golden studio. I think everything they touch is amazing. It's and, hard uh, to disagree with that. I look forward to, to anything they put out. Outer Worlds is a great game. In. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Where you can actually, you know, become a psychopath in it and just start a mission and then just murder everyone and it changes the parameters of the mission. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. They, just, really, they don't, really they don't miss. They don't miss. And I, I don't want Xbox to throw money at them and blow them up into a bigger studio. Leave them alone. Let them do what they do. You know what I mean? Mm. Let their culture stay the way it is. Yeah, Keep I was a, bit, a bit worried about avowed. Because obviously we've sort of heard rumblings. Obviously nothing official, only like rumblings from insiders of no people in the studios that uh, they've had a lot of issues and sort of had to, it's like a re, not fully restart it, but like sort of reboot what they were doing. So every you know everything we, that we saw at that um, Xbox showcase was it last year or a year before? That's probably completely changed and gone now, but. Like you say, the the they hit, they do well. The games are brilliant, so uh, only makes me more excited to play Avowed. Um, obviously, Outer Worlds too. I can't, you know, I'm very excited to play. But yeah, it'd be nice to see him tackle uh, their, you know, maybe their own take on Fallout because I'm assuming they may have a bit more freedom to do what they want with it now being a Microsoft IP. So, but yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to seeing if they actually do manage to get it done. But like you say, they've mm. got that many games on at the moment. If it's going to be a reality, it's going to be years away. Yeah, I mean to say they brought out. Um, if I remember rightly, they brought they were given Fallout New Vegas, and then were told you have a year. Yeah, but I mean. It's like the longer time goes on, the more difficult it is to make games. It requires more mm. resources. It takes longer. Everyone wants ray tracing in 4K with 60 frames. That shit takes time. It takes takes a lot of money, a lot of manpower to get those games on that level. You know, like, I mean, for, for some of us that, you know, 
we feel some of the best games are on PS3 and Xbox 360. If it was 60 frames at 1080p, no ray tracing, we'd be all right with that, but a lot of people wouldn't, you know? Mm. No, I can agree with that. I mean, I think personally 360 and PS3 was a golden age in terms of gaming itself. Yeah. On its own. Um, however, I think we are going towards that VR era. Yeah. Hell yeah. All this punch is past. <laughs> All the greatness is on PlayStation. <laughs> you know, it's like I halfway expected you to say, All the greatness is in my lap with Jim Ryan. Uh. <laughs> Oh, that too. That too. <laughs> Uncle Jimmy. Uncle Jimmy, Uncle Jimmy. huh? <laughs> Is he over your shoulder again, BMG? Uh, no, no, he only touches me inappropriately here and there. If you, okay. if you, if you get me a doll, we're gonna get I'll, sued. I'll point to when, when yeah, this gets me. this gets gonna escalate to us getting sued. Just so. <laughs> can we just say we have the best lawyer in the business? I don't think oh, right, take the case. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I still don't get why he wears a priest outfit, but it's all right. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> Please. Oh. oh. Yeah. Um... Oh, God. I forgot, these... I forgot about, about this one. Um, these two oh, are. What about Luke? Luke? Luke uh, has left the yeah. chat. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm here. I was just recomposing myself after all that Jim Ryan priest talk. Um, oh right. I figured you were I figured you were like, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean uh, yeah, Obsidian, I think um I think it's Fergus Urquhart, isn't it, that's the, the CEO. Yeah. So he's like in his in his fifties. Um I don't see why he couldn't make another fallout. I mean it depends on you know, if you think of Valve's probably the next couple of years and then and then uh Out- Outer Worlds two is probably the furthest thing away. That's probably, you know, maybe four four years or so, five years. Yeah. Um, you know, he'll he'll still be he'll still be there, I would imagine, unless he decides to leave. Um so uh yeah, he could could make a new fallout. I mean I'm not um I really love Obsidian. I think they're a fantastic developer, um, very consistent, and have produced some really incredible stuff on on very low budgets, um, which is, uh, I think, what excited me about when they were acquired by Microsoft was that they they didn't have to worry about that anymore. You know, that they could kind of expand and they they have grown uh, and build more high budget stuff. So, um, looking forward to Avowed. Obviously, um, I I don't I know. Some people get really excited about the idea of Obsidian making another Fallout. Personally, I don't because I don't like Fallout very much. So um, it just, you know, I've never clicked with that series. Um, but I do know that, you know, pretty much every Fallout fan I've ever spoken to kind of always say that New Vegas was the best, you know, Fallout experience that they've had. Um, so, and, you know, I think Josh Sawyer did that one. He did New Vegas. He's still there. Obviously, he did Pentiment recently. That was his his project. Um, so um, yeah, I think that they could 
they could make a great, great Fallout game. But I guess it also depends on what Bethesda want to do, you know, after after Elder Scrolls Six, you know, because you would assume at that point they will go to Fallout. So maybe it would again be a, you know, Bethesda do a main game Fallout, Fallout Five, and then and then Obsidian are making a, a smaller experience like New Vegas. Um, which would be cool. Again, it wouldn't excite me because it's Fallout. I think it's not great, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I'd be excited to see what, what they do. I really want Obsidian just to make new stuff, though, um, because I think they're really good at that, which is why I'm excited for, for Avowed, because that's, you know, they've never really done a first-person fantasy RPG before. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this one's in the, in the Pillars of Eternity universe, which is really cool. Um, so... I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I don't... <clears throat> a lot of people these days really, you know, like to see developers, particularly in Xbox, you know, in Xbox Studios, they like to kind of uh, amalgamate developers to existing IP, you know, and say, oh, X should make Y. Um, and I don't really like that because I prefer new stuff, you know? Like, I prefer Obsidian just keep making new IP. Um alongside other things so um yeah i'm i'm not like super hyped about the prospects of it but i think it would be obviously it would make sense maybe you know for them in the future to make another fallout Um, but we'll see you know just let them make what they want to make and uh, if they want to make a new fallout then they should go for it i mean a lot of it um, a lot of the team from obsidian the original black isle studios developers so they have the pre-existing knowledge of the Fallout universe a lot of them. Yeah. I, I'm waiting so. on Starfield too. Hell yeah. <laughs> that was exactly where I was heading next. And, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm guessing this is to do with tw- uh, the 25th of January with uh, Starfield's release date being a re- Announcement is nope. coming very soon. No, that's the staff. They've already said um, at the developer direct. They've already said the four studios that are going to be there. Um, Starfield. They said it, it um, deserves its own spot. So that's not going to be at the event on the twenty fifth. They did say they will be holding a literally like a, a pretty much like a, a state of play for one game um, dedicated to Starfield. So hopefully we get the release date because a lot of advertisements are popping up now. Um, and one thing um, people have noticed um, when you're, if you're buying the um, Series X and S consoles on the newer boxes, they've now taken Halo Infinite off, good riddance, uh, and replaced it with Starfield on the back. Ah, didn't know that. Hmm. Yeah, it's starting to pop up. So, to ask the two main people about this, and I want this on video. It's technically audio rate? because it's just the voice. Yeah, but uh, uh, it's also. <laughs> Shut up, Sentinel. You're getting me mixed up with me worse. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I I want to ask, what's the frame rate going to be? 
Nukem BMG. 60 frames. There is going to be a 4K 30 mode, and there is going to be a 1440p 60 frames mode. There's no way. It's Bethesda. It's going to be 30 frames per second, and that's it. Just, just ignore what BMG says because he's he's. There's a lot of copium there. Yeah. Um, he's trying to he's trying to hold on hope that that Todd yeah. will deliver on the frame rate front, but Todd's never delivered on the frame rate front. Nope. Um. So yeah, no, it'll be it'll be thirty. No, no mode. May, maybe they'll get like a post-launch performance mode, like a, down the line. Um. But for launch. I don't think you'll. I think you'll get one mode, 4K dynamic, 4K for the FPS. It's it's why they delayed it. They delayed the game to get that 60 frames. They delayed in. it because Un- it's not ready. Un- <laughs> That's Un- why they delayed it. Uncle Phil went down there and went, "Hey, mate, Todd, come on, 60 frames, man. We're we're in the future of games now. I'm not living in the past. 30 is dirty. That's all I'm going to say. So th- so it'll come out and it'll be 30 frames per second." And Todd Howard is like, uh, what am I, a miracle worker? And Phil Spencer will bring in ID software, and they'll be like, hey, we just, they'll announce the next week, hey, we just released a patch, uh, Starfield runs at 120 frames per second, 4K, and you're like, what? how the hell did they do that? Oh, they had id software. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, well, well, they'll have done that, but they'll have converted the game from a you know wide-scale RPG to a linear corridor shooter or something like yeah. that to get that frame rate. <laughs> yeah, where you got to rip um, apart aliens and shit, yeah. Yeah, all we had to do was called. remove all the systems, and it worked perfectly. Yeah, we just had to, we just had to get rid of all the RPG elements. That's all we yeah, had there to you do. go. Um, That's fine. I'll do. I'll do. And we had to add a, we had to add a heavy metal soundtrack, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll do. <laughs> yeah, it'll just be the new Doom at that point. We have um, fell out instead of Doom. It's fell out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, like they're just not. I mean, Bethesda are known for many things, but technical prowess is not one of them. Um, I look, in any I respect. look forward to falling through the map and ending up in a black hole or some shit, and it wasn't intended. Yeah, Skyrim runs at 4K 60. Yeah, but Skyrim's like 45 years old. Doesn't yeah. matter. At this point, it's so. still got it. <laughs> it does still have it, but it's not. I mean, <laughs> it, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that. Skyrim's been out longer than half of a third of my life. Yeah. But you've also got to remember Bethesda didn't have Xbox before, and now they do. So now they can launch 30 frames per second, and that'll be it. Yeah, now now they can launch games that are solid 30 frames per second now that they've got Xbox. You know, no, no drops. You know what? If it if it's thirty frames per second and it's locked, I don't think I'll complain because it's like you know, like that kid that can barely pass the fucking test. That's Bethesda. You'd like ah, D is good enough. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With Bethesda, <laughs> yeah. if if you get if you get you know a a, a decent resolution, uh, and you get a solid thirty, no drops, then I think they've done pretty well. Um, yeah, you know, because you know, people if, people were saying Fallout Four was dropping to like what fifteen frames per second. It's like Jesus Christ. That's good, bro. That's yeah. good. Yeah, like in nineteen eighty six. No, games are in sixty FPS. That's VR FPS. Right, right. I don't. I don't think like I don't think Starfield. You know, this is sound weird, but I don't think it needs sixty. As in. It's it's not it's not Doom, right? It's not a fast paced yeah. first person shooter. It has shooting in it, but that's not it's not the you know, it's not gonna blow the world away, the shooting mechanics. Yeah. Quite a slow paced shooting game. 
Um, so it doesn't need 60. I mean, it would be great to have it. Um, but then that's why, you know, you get your, your PC and um, you, well, it's Bethesda, so you'll probably have to struggle to get 60 as well, even there. Yeah. But at least you will be able to push it. Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't see it being 60 on consoles, not a launch anyway. Because as well, like the the thing with with Bethesda games is that that they tend to be super CPU intensive because of their engine and all the kind of simulation stuff that's going on in there. And when you do that, you're invariably going to struggle to really push up frame rates. Um, yeah. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see like how does it run on Series S? Like, what does that look like? You know, oh, which Jesus. is stripped down as well. So. Um, 30 frames per second at 1080p probably yeah probably. It, it may even be lower than 1080p it may oh. be some dynamic you know up, up to 1080p um we don't i mean we don't know i mean you know I, i'd give bethesda the benefit of the doubt if they were another developer but their games have never launched in a particularly great state so or, or at least a state where yeah. you're kind of happy with it day one well and, and they, they keep they keep sticking with the creation engine and it's been around since what 1999 yeah, a long time, um, yeah. and I, and I get why. I mean, they've said you know because it's it's kind of custom built for their, you know, for for the way that they build RPGs and the way that they place objects in the world and all the stuff they do. They have, yeah. <clears throat> I think Todd said that they'd um, they'd heavily modified it for Starfield, you know, to bring in next generation features. Um, but it's underlying it; it's still the same engine. Yeah. Um and um I don't think they're ever gonna move away. And I think people have to accept if that's the case, they're only ever gonna be able to push visuals and frame rate and resolution so much in that engine, you know. But but, but does anybody you know, if it's if it's an incredible Bethesda experience, you know, if it's Oblivion level or Skyrim level or stuff, does anyone really care that much as long as it's, you know, good solid yeah. frame rate? I don't I don't think so. Yeah, I um, mean well, you know, and, and that's that's the that's the important thing, a good solid frame rate. You know, it's yeah, like as long as if it's it, not dropping. Yeah, if it's thirty frames per second and it's locked, even if you're encountering five, six bad guys on screen and you're shooting at them and moving and stuff, as long as it doesn't drop, I don't think too many people are gonna complain about thirty. Yeah. Oh, they'll complain. They'll complain well, they will because complain. it's an exclusive. Yeah. Uh, no, some people will complain because it's not VR and we know who those people are. Hey, I'm excited for Starfield. Uh, it's a it's the <laughs> It's the biggest game I'm excited for this year, and I think without comparison. Uh, but I've also set my expectations towards what they can deliver, you know. And I, I'm excited for the systems that are not present in other games. I'm excited for the sandbox and what I'm going to be able to do, and the replay value and places I'll be able to go. And I'm going to play it on PC, so I'm not locked at 30 because that's what it's going to yeah, run on yeah. console. But yeah, it's like yeah. you wouldn't play a Call of Duty and then have expectations that it would have like an amazing story or RPG elements, right? So you got to set your expectations for where they're aiming. And if it's not for you, it's not for you, but I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I also think um, I've seen a lot of posts about, I think people need to rein in their hype about it a little bit as in, I, I think, you know, everything on paper looks like it will be a really great experience, but I don't think it's going to be doing anything like super revolutionary. Yeah. In terms of even Bethesda games, you know, it's just bigger scale, bigger scope. Um, you know, I've seen posts saying, you know, it's one of the most ambitious games in in years, and I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I just think it's, you know, it's it's going to be a huge game, and it kind of takes everything that Bethesda have done in the past, but you know, makes it big scale. I think, you know, if you're looking for 
that kind of experience, which will probably, I mean, who knows when it'll ever come out, but like Star Citizen is the kind of thing that will be, you know, is, is truly ambitious, you know, whether it comes out or not. Uh, is yeah. another thing, but you can expect one thing from that. That's trying to do something, you know, way different with a much bigger, bigger budget than than Starfield is doing. Um, Starfield, you know, I don't think it's a super revolutionary thing. It doesn't look like one, but it does look very, very good um, yeah. and very ambitious for Bethesda. So I think people just need to kind of get their expectations in check because you never know how this stuff will turn out. Like it could be, you know, an amazing, amazing experience. I think probably will be but you know we've had cyberpunk right which was yes people built themselves up heavily on cyberpunk as well to be this kind of revolutionary thing Uh, and it wasn't in the end it was just a good game uh that was a poor at launch Uh, hopefully that's not the case here but i think people just need to rein themselves in slightly yeah it does seem go ahead go ahead i'm I'm sorry i was just gonna say it does seem like the, the hype is out of control and i think even if it's a great game there's still going to be some of those people that are so hyped. They're still going to be disappointed, you know. Yeah, yeah, because they'll, you know, they've, they've built it up for themselves too much, almost. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm not just excited for the game. I'm excited for what comes next. There's some comments yeah. about the older engine. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. uh, almost every engine is built on the bones of an old engine. I think the slip space engine that Infinite's using is is based on the bones yes, of their yeah. old engines, right? So, I don't I don't get hung up on that too much, and I appreciate that if this is an evolution of their old engine, then at least the mod tools will probably kind of be in place easier than otherwise, yeah. and then the modding community for Bethesda games is kind of unmatched for what they yeah, can exactly. do. Yeah. And as far as saying saying whether it's the most ambitious game ever made like who else makes games like bethesda makes games right then you could laugh at the bugs and the issues and all that but nobody's really trying to make experiences like that they either make these hyper focused linear experiences hugely cinematic and some people really like that and some people like these sandbox simulations and i don't think i don't think anybody even tries to compete with bethesda on that ground so i mean you could come out with a skyrim 2 with a different map and a whole host of new quests. And even if it was kind of the same in every other regard, people would still be stoked because nothing has really come along to do what Skyrim did, at least not on the level it did it. So uh, I do think it's hugely ambitious in that regard because nobody else even tries and whatever they have to make it run at to get that done. I understand because I don't, I don't think anybody else attempts the systems the way they do. Hmm. The one thing, you know, that I really like about, and I know Luke said he doesn't like Fallout 4, but um, Luke, you, how did you feel about Skyrim? Was it a game that you really enjoyed? Yeah, so it's weird because like Oblivion and, and Skyrim and Morrowind to an extent um, are some of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. You know, even though they are effectively the same Bethesda RPG, but in a fantasy setting. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, as Fallout, I think there's something about the the setting of fallout and maybe the shooting mechanic element as well that just just doesn't click with me in the way that that um skyrim and, and oblivion do yeah or did and, or I, did and i completely get that because that's how i feel about skyrim it's like i played skyrim i just yeah, didn't like, like the, it at all but yeah, it's like it's like fallout yeah. fallout 4 is like one of my top 10 yeah know? yeah exactly so um yeah, so I'm actually really interested like cuz i'm i like if i were to like rank starfield in terms of 
where it is in my most anticipated game for this year, it probably wouldn't, it, you know, it probably be like maybe just get into the top 10. It might be outside of it because yeah. for me, I don't know whether it will fall into a Skyrim Oblivion experience or a Fallout one and I won't know until I play it. So yeah. it's kind of like something that's that's not particularly hype for me, which which might lend itself well to my you know my favor because yeah. I, I go in with with not you know huge expectations. What um, if, uh, kind of to your okay. point, same topic. What if what if Fallout instead of leaning into the humor like it does, would lean into kind of that sense of exploration and wonder and what's possible? You see what I mean? In that in that way, yeah. Starfield will be different. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I mean, the the closest, you know, I, I guess the closest things that I've played to Starfield, which don't have the RPG element in, or at least the kind of defined RPG element, are No Man's Sky. You know, obviously, which is a natural comparison, even though that's you know not not the same sort of thing. Um, Star Citizen, which I have played, um, you know, and I, I I enjoyed both of those things from what I've played. Um, certainly the setting, the exploration elements, etc. Um, so I think one of the big things will be, you know, how the story lands. I mean, you don't play Bethesda games for stories, but I never really found the Fallout ones very engaging, whereas I did with the Elder Scrolls games. But again, I think that's more a setting thing, so I'll have to see. And also, I need to see how they've how they've adjusted combat. You know, um, because I really hated Fallout Combat, um, Fallout Three, New Vegas, and Four. Um, <clears throat> if the, if those things land, particularly, particularly the combat element, I think I'll really enjoy Starfield because everything else, as you say, like the the kind of sense of exploration, space setting, all of that, I really love yeah. in games. So um, you know, it's not like Fallout where I just don't enjoy. I don't particularly enjoy the world of Fallout, so it's kind of difficult to kind of engross myself into so um you know I'm, I'm optimistic it's just not it's just not a super anti like i'm more look, much more looking forward to redfall as an example than, than starfield if you're talking about bethesda generally but um we'll see we'll see better be a good pc port though because if it's not all well um, you know the good thing about the you know the good thing about the bethesda community is it'll take the uh, developers like five years to make a game and they release it with tons of bugs and it'll take someone in the community who works part-time at a, at a liquor store it'll take them like three days to fix <laughs> yeah, the problems to fix it, yeah. <laughs> you know what'll take a long time to fix trying to laser that tattoo off bmg when he's wrong <laughs> oh jesus <laughs> <laughs> Hope you. I hope you've all got your speeches ready to Sir Howard when you're all wrong. That's all I'm going to say. No, I mean I'm, I'm up. I'm optimistic. You know, I mean, I'm not. I'm not super hyped for it. Like, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be the next Skyrim. I just don't. But you know, because it, it's hard to fill those shoes. You know, but I. It's like I am looking forward to it enough to where. When I down on the day that I download it, I'm gonna play it. It's not going in my backlog like some of the games that just came out did. You know, I am gonna play it right when it comes out. I'll play it when I got around to it. <laughs> wow. I wanted to play it. I just don't. I know I won't have the money for it. It's free yeah. on Game it's, Pass. It's on Game Pass, so yeah. Oh, fair enough. I'll play it at one. If oh, I've got internet. 
Anime Raza, I don't know if you know this, but um, Microsoft acquired this small company, Bethesda and Zenimax. So um, <sighs> them games are classic as first party, <laughs> and they come in Game Pass day and day. Wow. <laughs> but Todd Howard's going to probably block all of you for talking so much bad about stuff. I have said nothing bad. You haven't said out positive. I haven't said I have been sitting on the fence. No. Don't worry. Like a good my, host. My my mate Todd, you know, we're like close. I swear, I, guys, <laughs> do we, are we pretty sure the BMG just leaves the stream and the podcast and goes and has a three-way with Todd Howard and Jim Ryan? Yeah, we have tea. We have um, afternoon tea every Sunday. <laughs> oh, this this wow. is a weird podcast. You know what I mean? This is a weird podcast. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Hey, uh, at least we're admitting it. <laughs> Raz is like, Jesus uh, Christ. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know whether I want to let. I don't. I, I feel like putting BMG in timeout. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like BMG five minutes penalty box. Especially <laughs> uh, seeing as I'm about to bring up Marvel. Oh Jesus, no! I don't want to hear any more about Marvel Snap. I'm just saying. <laughs> Not Marvel Snap, but Marvel Avengers. Mobile game of the year. That's it. Time out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, Marvel Avengers. Uh, specifically, it's final update on the. Well, the main update on update two point eight on the thirty first of March, and then will no longer be officially supported from the thirtieth of September. How old is that game now? Oh shit! Like two years? I don't even know. About two years, yeah. About about two year old. Uh, I like Marvel Avengers. The it, it's you know the game's good. It it plays well. The story's really really good in it. I enjoyed the story. Uh, personally, I'd rather it just been a single player game because um, the story was brilliant. Multiplayer. It's there just wasn't much in there. The whole leveling system and twenty different currencies for different vendors and things was a bit of a pain. Um, and it was hard because you just because the idea was with the multiplayer, you you know, leveling up your gear, uh, getting new items and things like that. And but trying to play with friends, you could only do certain missions with friends. Other than that, you had to play with randoms. It was a bit. A bit, a bit yeah, it was, was all over the place. There was no clear roadmap. Things were getting delayed left, right, and center. Um, kept, you know, they kept go, going back and forth and changing things that didn't make sense. Um, but it was an enjoyable game. You know, I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, I will be jumping back into it, you know, for, before, you know, support and all that ends. I want to jump back in and have another play, uh, maybe redo the story bit more multiplayer but you know the, the characters were good the issue was that the game was delayed when it originally came out after way after the hype of avengers endgame when it should have released 
Yeah. Because that, mm. that's when it would have got its main audience, but we just kept delaying it and delaying it. Um, and I just think that shows that Square Enix are just, they're probably one of the worst publishers going now. All they seem to care about really is Final Fantasy. Anything else is just, you know, it's just a set, it's an afterthought trying cash grab. Yeah. But yeah, they're having to, I believe the reason, I think it's September, they're actually delisting the game. Uh, you'll still be able to play it if you own the game. So if you don't have the game yet or you do want to play it, now's kind of the time to jump in. Because I think the reason they're delisting it is because like, the license ends. And obviously they don't want to renew the Marvel license to keep the game going that they're not supporting anymore. Yeah, um, yeah I enjoyed it. I'm quite disappointed that it has got to this point, but they only got themselves to blame, you know, the it was just there was no clear map and when they did have a map they then threw that out the window because it didn't work content was just delayed constantly um i understood why they delayed the black panther content because it was uh literally um chad uh, bozeman had, had passed away so they didn't want to be insensitive or anything like that so they delayed it which was understandable um but they had like the raid raid type Thing, uh, mission was ready to go a year and a half ago uh, and they accidentally made it live a handful of people managed to play it and then they just took it out and wouldn't speak about it again until about three months ago so it's a shame it's a shame mm. it's uh it actually is a good game the mechanics are all right um it just it was just a disaster not as bad as halo's disaster but it was a disaster yeah, it's yeah. um, you know what, and I kind of feel like Guardians of the Galaxy suffered because of Marvel's Avengers. Mm. You know, and I, the reason why I say that is because Marvel's Avengers released in September of 2020, right? And everyone was like, "Oh, Square Square Enix cannot make a a good comic book game." And then, of course, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy comes out um, in 2021, and it actually came out almost a year later, or a little over a year later, October 26th of 2021. And, of course, we know Guardians of the Galaxy was, was tremendous, but the reason why it was tremendous was because it focused on single player. You know, whereas Marvel's Avengers was all about the whole multiplayer and the arena combat and all that shit. And it's like, it's like you don't have to do that, you know. It's like you, it, like like BMG said, it just, you know, it, it, it felt like they, they could have made a better game, but it would require one cohesive vision rather than them trying to do all this different stuff, you know? Yeah, well, we all know that Wanda would have been happy with a clear vision. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Marvel <laughs> Avengers. Oh, well, you can skip me on that one. I don't care. Fair enough. <laughs> Luke? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's it's um, it's not surprising. Um, the game kind of struggled from day one, almost because of, of various reasons. But I think trying to blend a single player experience with uh, you know a live service multiplayer title is just kind of a recipe for disaster, really. Um, and kind of everything that I played and everything that I saw in terms of impressions of the game, you know, suggested that it was really confused as a result and and didn't really work particularly well. Um, 
you know, just little things of the game, like loot not being visible, stuff like that. You know, if you're going to do live service, then you want a reason to continue playing in terms of progressing your character. But if you can't see things on your character, if you're going to pick a skin, like that doesn't really work from a live service perspective, I don't think. Um, wow. And um, yeah, single player was, was decent, not amazing. You know, it could have been very good. And I think if they'd... If they just stopped trying to make it a live service and just, uh, you know, gone with a Guardians of the Galaxy type single player experience where, you know, it's a it's a pure single player game and you play as, you know, you could play as multiple, you know, different Avengers in this, like you do in the first mission of that game, right, where you play as different different people. Um, that probably would have done better for them because I think it would have been a much more coherent game. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, I think Square had unrealistic expectations probably as well in terms of its success, which clearly didn't hit. Uh, and yeah, I don't, I don't really have much to say other than, you know, it could have been something really good, but it just wasn't, um, lessons learned and obviously we'll, you know, if you if you want a great single player Marvel experience outside of something like Spider Man, then then go and play Guardians of the Galaxy, which was a really great game, uh, and Ooh. and kind of the way to do an ensemble, an ensemble comic cast without without making it multiplayer focused or live service focused. Um, but uh, yeah, Ooh. yeah, it seems it seems like. All the great um, superhero games and comic book games that we've had thus far have been almost predominantly single player. You know, you look at the Batman series, you look at Spider-Man, of course Guardians of the Galaxy, they're all single player focused with a great story. And it feels like, um, I mean, I would say lessons learned, but I, I doubt Square Enix learned anything from this, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, it's uh, one of them. I think me personally, like I do enjoy Final Fantasy. However, my favorite game from Square Enix is The Last Remnant. Woo! Shock horror. No one's heard of it. I've never heard of it. <laughs> no, I've I've heard of it. I haven't actually played it, um, but I've heard of things. It's funny. It's a Final Fantasy style game, yeah. um, but in a set in a completely different universe. And I've only managed to play it again on the Switch and PlayStation, and it's only available on the Switch and the PlayStation, not the Xbox. Which mm. for a remake or a remaster is very strange to me to say it was originally on the Xbox as well. But yeah, um, I think this is probably going to be my final topic of today. Um, Ubisoft's CEO saying uh, sorry. Um, 
when he played when he appeared to place the burden of responsibility for reversing the company's fortunes at the hand of its developers. Luke, I'll start with you on that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think he had to had to apologise uh, after after what he said um, mm. during the the kind of earnings call and the financial forecast stuff, um, because uh, you know he effectively said, "Yep, we're not we're not in a great state as a company." Um, so, developers, if you could uh, if you could work extra hard, that would be that would be great. I'm expecting you know good things from you. Uh, which is um, probably one of the stupidest um, CEO comments I think I've I've heard uh, from a from an earnings call before. Um, so uh, he, I think he then he tried to <laughs> give himself an out by saying that you know he uh, he didn't mean it in the way that it it came across that he was kind of saying look we're all in this <laughs> we're all in this together we all need to kind of push to to make the company more successful. Um, which I just think is total nonsense because clearly he didn't mean that. He meant what he said. Um, so, uh, you know, he's he's had to kind of backtrack on that, uh, rightly so, um, because I don't think, I don't really think the problems at Ubisoft are developer-driven. They're kind of uh, creatively slash management-driven um, in terms of kind of recycling ideas and chasing trends and and doing all the things you're not supposed to do as a, as a game publisher, um, yeah. you know, and they've kind of reached a saturation point now. Ubisoft, where they've they've kind of got as much as they can out of their core franchises like Assassin's Creed, and they will always be successful, but it's not enough to kind of carry them, you know, year to year, particularly because those games are getting bigger and even more expensive to make. Um, so uh and and to be fair that's probably why they've been chasing trends for so long because unlike you know EA or um Epic or uh you know Activision they don't have this kind of recurrent um you know games as a service title that just lasts forever and kind of prints money so that this, you know they can make other things I mean not that Activision do that anyway but you know they 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 don't have that like Apex Legends or or Fortnite or Call of Duty or anything like that where they have a kind of game that has fairly low overheads in terms of the ongoing service game. Um, they you know Ubisoft instead have to spend an enormous amount of money to make an Assassin's Creed game and then and then um, try and you know uh, get money out of microtransactions and you know adding content to it, which in itself keeps costing the money as well. So. Um, that's why they've done what they've done over the last few years where you've just seen like, you know, many different battle royales and then they pivoted to free to play and then they've tried to put, you know, make single player games more service based. Um, and I just think it's reached a point where they're just not being successful with that. So they need to try something different. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Eve's just stupid statement. I'm glad he apologized for it, but you know, it doesn't detract from the statement that he made. And I think developers, you know, Ubisoft didn't didn't take very kindly to it, clearly. So um it's a, it's a pretty tough time for Ubisoft, I think. And it's really interesting to see where they go from here and, and what they make next and how they focus their portfolio. But it's gonna take time to write that ship. I don't really know if the Gilmore family are 
you know, the right people to do that now. I think maybe they've had that heyday, you know, as of 10 years ago. I think it probably needs something else. Um, but I don't know what that is. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're, in, they're in a pretty tough environment, I think. So we need Saudi Arabia to buy them. If that or Tencent, I think, um, you know, and I mean, it, look, look, that wouldn't that wouldn't solve their problems, uh, but at least I suppose um, that it would give them, a, you know, a safety net of funds so that they could either try different things or they could double down on their big franchises. Um, I think the problem at the minute for them is that. Even though they're still a, a very profitable company, they they've doubled down on their franchises already. Things like Assassin's Creed, you know, Tom Clancy's name, that sort of stuff. Um, they're kind of getting diminishing returns with all of that, and I don't think they're confident enough in terms of cash flow and, and various other things um, to think about doing some really big new ideas, you know, and maybe getting a mega mega hit out of that. Um, so they're kind of in this kind of entrenched position where they, they, they probably know they need to try and, you know, make a new trend, do something new, but they can't because they don't have the fallback of something like an Apex or a Fortnite or a, a Warzone or something like that. Um, if they were to be acquired by someone else, particularly like a Tencent, they, they would have that fallback. Um, albeit I, I wouldn't expect Tencent to go out and say, yeah, let's go and make, you know, some really cool single player games. I don't think that's really Tencent's bag. Tencent's bag is, you know, let's make big live service games, which um, is fine. You know, um, they'd still do Assassin's Creed and stuff, but, you know, um, it's difficult. You know, it's, I, I don't know what direction they're going to head in over the next few years, but we'll see. Uh, pass. Oh, I, I don't entirely know the context in which he made the statement. I don't entirely disagree with him, right? The the idea that the devs are going to need to rise to the occasion to make... Well, nobody else is going to rise to the occasion and save the company, right? So if they're to carry on like they have, then it is up to the devs, right? So I think there's a certain honesty in that statement. But I don't think it solves the core problem they're facing. And I think a lot of the other studios and developers and publishers are facing too. I think they have they have overestimated how much gamers are willing to fund and support. And they keep coming out with these hugely ambitious efforts that uh, they realize they're never going to reach potential. So they launch in a service state and then they try to support. And it, either it strikes like fire and people love it and people support it. Or it doesn't, which is in most cases, right? And trying to trying to generate something like a Fortnite or an Apex Legends uh, or a Minecraft some on purpose, right? Something that just hits people right and they love it and they support it forever. I think that's impossible. And you can't build your market strategy around the idea that you are going to create the next Fortnite. You can't do that. So I think a lot of these publishers and studios need to downsize and need to focus on putting out regular quality content that is within the bounds of expectations and reality, something you could actually create and people would love. And that doesn't seem to be what everybody is trying to do. So uh, I think a statement like that speaks to kind of a tone deaf corporate, but that's everywhere, right? I see that all the time. Uh, so 
I don't like having a strong opinion on the guy without knowing anything about him. I don't know what kind of person he is. I don't know how he treats his employees and things like that. Uh, I understand why people were irritated at the statement because usually management is to blame. Uh, in my experience, that is 99% of your problems because management will create poor employees and bad productivity and moving goalposts and changing ideas and unlaunched ideas and launch new ideas and chasing trends and just they will squander so much energy and resource and money and fatigue their employees, right? So there's a really good chance that management is to blame. And then the, the broad statement that the developers need to dig them out of the hole. Uh, if that includes your management, then I do think they need to acknowledge the adjustments that need to be made. But so I, all that is a, a way for me to say I don't know because I don't have enough information. And uh, I think this is a symptom of a larger problem that we'll see them address. We'll see. I think everybody's going to have to downsize going forward or it's I think they've just overestimated what gamers can support. Hmm. I think, um, you know, I feel like Ubisoft has so much potential, but, um, you know, and, and I, I reference a couple of instances, specifically in Assassin's Creed. Um, it feels like upper level management doesn't necessarily listen to what the developers know will work or how they want to tell a story, like how, um, you know, it's been it's been told before that Evie Fry was supposed to be the only character um, in uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, but then management wouldn't go for it, so they wrote in the Jacob brother, and of course they became the the Fry twins. Um, the same thing with Alexios and Cassandra in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, that um, management just didn't they were not hearing at all. Um, you know, solely a female character. And I mean, you know, like Pest said, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, it is hard to say for you know, it is hard to say whether you know what's going on with this guy or the context that it was in. But I think what happened is he said something. He possibly meant it one way and said it another way, trying to motivate the people, saying, "Hey, you know what? We're in this mess." But you know, rather than saying like, "Hey, you know." you know, we're down, but we're not out. And every single one of you can help us, you know, get back to where we need to be. He said, Hey, it's on you to get us out, you know, and, um, you can mean something, but if you say it the wrong way, people will, will absolutely be pissed at how you put it. And I mean, it can turn something small into something big. And again, that's not saying that the problems that Ubisoft are small, you know, just judging from how they've been performing and how much they're chasing trends and stuff. Um, when it comes to problems uh, with with workplace or whatever, almost everything is management's fault. Because management can take corrective actions to fix employee problems. But if there's widespread problems and they're being ignored, that's management's fault. So him being at the top of the... At the top of the uh, food chain in Ubisoft, you know, all the shit going wrong is his fault either directly or indirectly. Indirectly, of course, you know, he sees problems, but he's not fixing them. You know, you look at all these different um, franchises. You know, you look at Ghost Recon. You had Breakpoint. A lot of people didn't like Breakpoint because they're they're trying to mix and match shit you see in Far Cry with Breakpoint. And it's like, stop, don't do that. Let each of these IPs have their own feel and their own um, identity. 
You know, don't try to mix them up and say, oh, this worked in Far Cry, so we'll put it in, in Ghost Recon. It's like, don't do that shit. You know, so it's like, keep each one of these where they are their own, where they're their own IP. It's their own feel. You play a Far Cry game and you know exactly what you're going to get. You know, don't mix it with another game or another mechanics that work in one of your other games. Don't mix it. You know, and I do think they need to reboot a lot of these IPs. What they're doing with Assassin's Creed Mirage, they need to do with uh, Watch Dogs. They need to do with The Crew. They need to do with Far Cry. Um, I know I've had this conversation before um, on at least a couple of podcasts that they need to make Far Cry where, you know, um, if you're on a jungle island, every moment that you're on that jungle island until you escape, you're having to fight for your life. You know, not... It's like not once do you have the advantage against wildlife, against um, pirates, uh, any of that stuff. Because I love Far Cry 3. It was such a phenomenal game. But I think the biggest complaint I have is after about 20 minutes, if you're you're hunting and you're gathering stuff like you're supposed to and you're leveling up, you essentially are pretty capable. You could be running around and taking out 10, 15 pirates at once. You know, um, if they really want Far Cry... To really succeed, you have to make it a knockdown, drag out fight for survival. But they need to do that with every single franchise they have. Really lean on what makes that franchise special. And you can make it single player and make a shitload of money because look at Grand Theft Auto V. You know, yeah, people play Grand Theft Auto online, but look how many people have bought copies of Grand Theft Auto V. You know, if you make a product that is single player and that people enjoy, they're going to buy it. You know, um, like how many copies of Spider-Man did did, uh, Insomniac and PlayStation sell? You know, if you make a quality product that's single-player, people will buy it. And Ubisoft just needs to embrace that, and they really need to go back to the drawing board with what made made each of their intellectual properties special. I think Raz is gone. All right, that's where you left. Uh, yeah, it's to be honest, there's not a great deal more I can add to it. Everyone's kind of kind of said everything, really. Yeah, he, you know, put that email out, um, and I do believe that he he was putting the onus on the developers, uh, you know, making the game, saying, you know, he, almost like this is your fault that we're in the state we're in, so it's up to you to fix it and get us out of it. Um, and then I think the backlash of that and that becoming public, he's had to kind of reword it and say, no, no, I meant I meant we're in it all together. But at the end of the day, these the developers that are actually making the games make really good games. Um, they look good, they play well, they, they look beautiful mostly. Um, but it's the management. It's management that tell them what they want in it and how they want it to play. They're just making what they're being told to make. So I think it is kind of passing that book a bit by telling them, no, you know, you've got us in this mess or you need to get us out of it. That's that's the way I took it. Um, passing the book, not taking responsibility. And he's only walked it back for that reason. But to be honest, other than that, there's not much more I, I, I can add, really. What everyone say here has said, I, I agree with as well. It's uh, it's a wait and see, see what happens. There's a lot of Ubisoft staff that are furious, aren't happy with that. And uh, by the sounds of it, it's just not a nice place to work. It's not a nice company to work for because 
literally when you've got management breathing down your neck, telling you, we need this, you need to conclude this, you need to make this, you need to add that. And then when it goes wrong, um, it's the devs that are getting the blame, not the management for giving them the direction. At the end of the day, it, you know, the book should stop with uh, Yves Gilmore, and it's uh, he's the one that should be taking responsibility for it, He, you know. But other than that, there's, there's not a great deal more I can add, if I'm honest. Yeah, so uh, we're getting to that time of show again, um, where we play 20 questions. Do, 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 do. And today, I'm handing over to BMG. Yes. Take it away. Oh yes. No uh, more Bioshock games. No more Bioshock worry. games. Don't worry. I've got I've got all my notes here. I've got everything that I think that I need. Uh, just uh, everyone in the chat and for Luke as well, and anyone listening back on demand. The way it works is, um, I have a game in mind, and these the panel has twenty questions to guess that game, and I answer yes and no. But your final question has to. be be the game that you are guessing. If you guess a game before then and it's wrong, the panel loses. So far, two for two. So we will see how we go. So let the questioning begin. Uh, yeah, we're going to start with the usual questions. Uh, era. Guys? Yes. Was it brought out before the 1st of January 2000? No. Was it brought after the 31st of December 2009? Was it it brought out after 31st of December 2009? Yes. After that goes 12 years... Um, so that gives us the Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One, um, and Xbox Series. Yes. I'm going to take a wild guess. Is it Generation Xbox One PS4? Yes. Is it an exclusive to one of the platforms? Yes. Wait, wait. Damn it. Is it still an exclusive to one of the platforms? Well, I mean, I, hang on a second. I said, is it an exclusive to one of the platforms? I didn't say, did it launch as? So it is. Right? Yeah, it is, it is an exclusive to a platform. Okay. So Dude, you checked me, bro. Stars. You checked me, bro, and I didn't even mess up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a third-person over-the-shoulder action game? Yes. Well, that narrows down to uh, one console. No, I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we why don't we narrow down which console it's gone? 
Is it Xbox One exclusive? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it Stubbs' favourite series? <laughs> no. That rolls out Gears. Not Gears of War. <laughs> <laughs> Is there more than one game in the franchise? No. Ooh. So it's a third-person, over-the-shoulder action game that was exclusive to the Xbox One, not Gears of War, no other games in the in the series. I will say, just so I'm not throwing anyone or anything like that, this is technically the only game they made, but it may reference another game. Oh, well, I know what that one is. <laughs> I already know what that one is. <laughs> well let's 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 work our way that direction, Sentinel. Okay. Um Was it made by the makers of Max Payne? No. Oh damn, okay. Not a remedy game then. Yep. Oh, did Remedy make Max Payne? Yes. Then that'll be a yes. I do apologize. Okay. No, it's I another did. Bioshock situation. Hey, really? <laughs> no, no, no. You're cheating already, bro. No, I double-checked. I double-checked, double so that'll be a yes. Sorry, I thought Max Payne was done by Rockstar. You thought wrong, bro. Thought I wrong. did. That's my bad. My bad. So the answer to that one is yes. Hmm. I mean, we pretty much know what it is, but, you know. Yeah, I think, I think we got a whole bunch of questions left if you want to safely work your way towards it. Yeah, we could do that. Luke? Um, does it star. <laughs> I'm trying. How many <laughs> questions have we got left? Uh, you, you've just. You've got. 11. Oh, God. So, I mean, we might as well just ask random you, questions related to this game. Uh, so we're, like, uh, let's throw, throw out there what you think it is here, Sentinel, without asking BMG here, just so we're all on the same page. Um, It sounds like Quantum Break, right? Yeah, pretty much. So did this game release with a TV show? Yes. Okay. Does it star Sean Ashmore? Yes. Um... I need to. Ha- I need to know how to spell that for my notes, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> just, just put essay. Um, I'm gonna cut it. I already forgot what it means. <laughs> um, does it contain time powers? Yes. We should totally drag this out for all the questions and then get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Then it's Alan Wake. <laughs> I love it. Right. Um, is it overrated? Dude, that's that's objective. Uh, <laughs> I, I I wouldn't know, I say it's overrated. <laughs> that was a joke question. That was a joke question. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, oh, man. Uh, does it does it have an FBI character in it who is a master of Jeet Kundo? Well, maybe. Yes. That that shows you haven't played it if you don't know the answer to I, that question. No, no, I have played. <laughs> shame, shame. We lost Rod. He's, he's gone. Yeah, he's like, oh. I'm out. 
and we can't end the show without him. <laughs> That's awesome. That's <laughs> live forever. Oh, yep. You, you just gonna give it to us, BMG? We got this, right? Yeah, you've got it. It's uh, yeah, you're, it's, you're right. It's Quantum Break, okay. released in 2016, Xbox One exclusive, developed by Remedy Entertainment, published by Xbox Game Studio. Considered yeah, overrated by Luke. Yeah, I really, I really <laughs> like Quantum Break, but I played it with the worst glitch, and I didn't know it. Uh, because I was using quick resume, I had this like extreme lens glare, like this just constant flaring. So no matter where I looked, I was blind the whole time. And I thought that was a like art design choice. So <laughs> I played through like 90% of the game just being blinded by all light sources because I thought it was intentional. And I was complaining mm. to a friend about it. And he's like, man, I don't even know what you're talking about. But I really liked that game. I, I didn't think yeah. it was amazing, but I liked it. I- yeah, I think it's I think it's like good. Uh, I don't think it's as good as pretty much most things that Remedy have made. I think mm. it's one of one of their weakest games. Um, yeah. Sorry, I missed that. We got it was quite a break. <laughs> yeah. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I had to. Yeah, because like when you said, is it you know any, any other games in the series? Obviously, there isn't, but it is technically connected to the Alan Wake universe, and you actually. Uh, near the start of um, Quantum Break, when you're going through the um, like the hall where the chalkboard thing is, actually says Alan Wake on it, and it references it. And then Control also references Alan Wake, which is also connected to Quantum Break. So it's like, yeah, I knew that would pretty much give it away. But if I had just said no, you would mm. use all would have crucified me for for it at the end, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to go down there again. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We're doing anime. Yay! Well, I want to say thank you to. Uh, I want to say thank you to our guests tonight. I want to start with Sentinel. Where can we find you? Um, I am on Twitter and Twitch. My handle is uh, Sentinel Seventeen. It's S three N T one N three L one seven Sentinel Seventeen on Twitter and Twitch. Oh, sorry, just before you go any further, I've just got an email from 2K Games, uh, obviously with the leaks that um, hit yesterday, um, WWE 2K23 is coming in March. Outstanding. <laughs> mm. That's really the topic for uh, PSN tomorrow. <laughs> Never mind. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, anyway, next best. Where can we find you? You can find me on YouTube and Twitter at uh, a friendly pest. I run my own YouTube channel featuring a lot of different VR games. I just want to say thank you to Luke for uh, hanging out with us today. It was a pleasure mm-hmm. to podcast with you. You have a lot of very fair and even thoughtful takes that uh, you base on experience. And I, I, I appreciate you sharing your time with us today. Uh, BMG. Uh, yeah. So obviously you can find me here at Stacy's chat. 
You can find me on Twitter, Bowman Gamer. Uh, you can also find me on the XPN Network. I am co-host with Sentinel on the PSN Party Podcast and yes. a panel member on the XPL Party Podcast. And, and we are doing a live watch along to the Xbox Bethesda Developer Direct on Wednesday as well. So check out the socials for that one. Forza Motorsport. Is that a racing game? We absolutely should have talked about that. It's coming up in a <laughs> few days and we didn't even talk about it. I'm fairly excited about it too. Yeah, me too. What is it coming out? I forgot. Uh, so yeah. Um Sentinel. Yeah. Ask Sentinel. I've already I already asked Sentinel, but Sentinel went first. Luke. Did he? Uh, I'll just guess. He did. Yeah. Oh. I wasn't listening. I apologize. Wow. <laughs> so- Mar- <laughs> fucking Marvel Snap, I swear to God. I I'll put I'm putting it, I'm putting it down. I'm putting it down. I was just actually playing the game, but I put it down. <laughs> I like how it's true. Um, no, thank thank you very much for having me, uh, and uh, a pleasure to to do it all with you. Um, and uh, yeah, you can find me uh, at Luke Steel ninety on Twitter, and just go there to to see the nonsense that I post. Nice. Yeah, well, welcome to the nonsensical podcast. <laughs> still isn't um, here, so that's not entirely accurate. Yeah, right. This is true. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, me, myself, and I. You can find me here on YouTube.com. Uh, Anime Razor, and you can find me on Twitter at Anime Razor. So I want to thank Blake for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I bet you it's been a nice change of pace on being asked about the CMA. Yeah, yeah, no, it has. Um, it's uh, it's that's always uh, that's always enjoyable. Well, it's enjoyable talking about it, but not <laughs> not not like every week as it got to at one point. So. <laughs> yeah, I can understand it, but uh, yeah, so that's it. I want to say, can we just all? For the last time, get it out of our system. Luke Steele. Luke Steele. Luke Steele. <laughs> nice, nice, I like the different take. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. You gotta mix it up. Hello, my name is Man, damn, I really <laughs> thought we oh were gonna get through God. the show without that. <laughs> and I wasn't gonna say anything until this was over. How happy I was we got through it without that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I came into this uh, this episode half expecting us to go every ten seconds. Look, steal. But yeah, that's it for this episode. Uh, this podcast. So, remember guys, as always, thanks, Frosty. Later.